welcome to another week of embarking on a beautiful journey of experiencing his nearness as we prepare our heart mind and spirit to receive fresh manna this day let our lives be filled with the truth of god's word and may the lord bless you to live your life in its fullness what a time that we are in what a year what a start that we had on 31st we get this word that is year of governance and week after week we've been receiving you know informations and 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 revelations that you know that is taking us to one level to another level to another level amen so so we got to be grateful we got to be thankful more than anything that we live in such a time and age and we are part of such a family which take cares of us amen like we were reading and we were discussing about how there are various nations across where they don't have this privilege or honor to gather together you know they have to do underground churches and 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 sit in a place where nobody can access the only way they can share this information about church being is happening is through conversation no messages no text because everything gets monitored but here we have this privilege this access this house this space everything you know so we can come together and just glorify his name amen all right wow wow how many of you are following uh, Mont- uh, Canada services, Revive Nations, what Prophet Shaiju is teaching us. Come on. Isn't that opening our brains, if I can say, scaring us in some way? Are you guys scared? It, it scared me like a couple of times when we saw that. But hey, uh, praise God for those informations. Praise God for those understanding which is being given to us. But here is important that if we have information, but you don't do anything about that information, it's as good as you don't have it. You understand? You have all the information that you need, but you can't translate that into a productive output, then it's as good as of no use. So this season, I would want to say, and I want to recommend that, every information that you process also see how can you be productive out of that don't just store an information on your notes and just say that hey what a service praise god and you forget it and the next week when pastor asks, what did we speak about last week there's a blank face you know we've been there woman pastor what did we learn last week nobody knows what happened so that's what i'm trying to say receive those information but also put into practice, put into play, so that you don't lose that very momentum. Right? Amen? Amen? This is year of? How many of you are turning into governors? Come on, we are already a governor. We already sit at that high place of being a governor. It's just that we need to act and perform and, and do things like a governor. Now, I'm not just saying a governance in perspective of the natural authority that we have, but it is more emphasized towards the spiritual element or spiritual understanding of governance. Amen. 
as I said, we all are governors here. But of what use if we don't behave like one governor? Have you, have you ever, ever seen any convoy of any big personality coming in? How, how, how people follow them? Now, I'm not telling that people should follow you wherever you go. I'm not saying that. But can we have that aura and, and, and that personality that when you walk into a room, the people should know that, hey, you are arrived. People can sense, hey, hey, praise has arrived. Dave has arrived. You know, Carol is here. Can you, can you feel that? Or you want to be just one amongst that who is there in the crowd and just, um, you know, just, okay, nobody, nobody, nobody looks and nobody cares. But, but there is something that we possess wherein we walk into a room, our presence should be felt. And I'm not just saying for flattering, I'm not just saying so that you feel good, but it's because the governance, it's because of the authority that is being given to us in this season. And if you feel that, hey, I don't have it, there is a good news for you. What does Prophet said when he released that word on 31st? It's a span of three years that we have to dwell and understand this whole concept of governance. So you have how much? How many months have gone in 2024? Two months. So how many, how many months in three years? 36 months, right? 36 months? Remove two months. You still have how many more months? 34 months. Can we use this 34 months to bring the real governor in us? To bring the word that was set apart for you and me on that very night. I don't want any of us to come on the 36th month and say, Pastor, Ayo. That's what I'm saying. We still have time. We still have time to prepare. We still have a 34 months span to prepare ourselves so that the day will come where everybody knows, yes, you are arrived. Amen. Amen. But today I want to talk about divine governance. We've been talking and we've been learning about governance, right? And this is where I was trying to put a perspective at the beginning that governance needs to be understand, understood in the natural level and the spiritual level, right? The more you understand spiritual side of governance, it elevates you to become a better governor. Amen, right? Uh, I don't know if, you, if you've ever seen any life of, uh, I'm not talking any example from Bible yet, but if you see life of people who are at the authority, you know, like say uh, somebody who's a governor or somebody who's a collector in, 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 in India, they go through a very intense process of preparation, right? Where they learn, they study, uh, and, and they get qualified to become an IAS or IPS, whatever that tag is, and then they get their position. So they do make a journey, right? So you understand? There is a journey that you have to make to become a governor. But when you become a governor, you don't practically apply things that we learn. Yes, no. 
I mean, that's the sad part of our education system, right? Somebody, there was a, there was a meme that going on, uh, one guy calls up his professor after 10 years and he asks, sir, where do I apply cos theta and sine theta? Have you seen that? Is anybody here who has applied this anywhere? I don't, I, some of you are like, I don't even know what is this. Uh, only Shane says that he's applied cos and sine theta. You also, wow, two people. That's why you guys are sitting together. There's one more, Pastor Robin says, yeah, I have not, to be honest. I have not. Sean, you? No? I have at least somebody saying that. So, yeah, so it's, it's one thing that you've got to begin that journey. So there is a moment where you know that you have to journey. And that's what I've been trying to emphasize this next months, next 34 months is a journey towards becoming a governor. But once you, but you already are a governor, by the way. You know, in spiritual realms, you're already a governor. But as we dwell and as we do this role of governor or being under the authority or doing the things under authority, we also need to understand the spiritual and the divine understanding of governance. It has to be more on the divine side and less of the natural side. And as I was pondering on this topic and as I was just understanding this concept of divine governance, there was one character out of Bible or one, uh, I would say, very uh, mysterious figure came out of that Bible uh, was uh, Melchizedek, King Melchizedek. Have you heard about King Melchizedek? Yes, no. So I'm, I'm titling my sermon today as Divine Governance Embracing the Order of Melchizedek. How many of you have heard and read about Melchizedek? A lot of us. We've been, uh, we've been taught about Melchizedek in this house before uh, by Apostle and uh, the other pastors as well. Now, what's interesting about Melchizedek is that, you know, it, that the reason why I say it's very mysterious is because there is very less information about this individual. You know, there is no complete reference. There is no entire biodata that is mentioned about this, this figure or this personality. It just comes and just makes a very grand impact. Right? It all starts at Genesis. You know, Genesis chapter 14, verse 18. And Melchizedek, the king of Salem, and priest of God Most High bought Abraham some bread and wine. This is where the first time Melchizedek has been introduced. And the backstory, I'm sure you've heard about this, uh, where Abraham and Lot, Lot was his nephew, and Lot had moved on from the establishment that Abraham had made to find his own space or his own way of doing things. And he was in trouble. And he was in a great danger. And I mean, I'm just, I'm just fast forwarding the story. I'm not getting into the details. Abraham goes and fights a battle with four different kings and gets the position, gets the Lot, gets his nephew back. And as he was coming back, all of a sudden, from, from, from somewhere, from, from 
um, you know, there is no reference where, where exactly, but it does say Melchizedek, the king of Salem, and a priest of God most high. What did he do? He bought Abraham some bread and wine. Can you, can you understand that? This is the first time where bread and wine is being referred in the whole Bible. Now we know what happened after Jesus came in and how the importance of the bread and wine is for us. Everybody knows it, right? But it all started in Genesis at this very chapter where the bread and wine is being introduced. Now interestingly, if you look at this verse, it says, he bought Abraham. It's not saying Abraham. It's all, it says there's a difference, right? A, B, R, A, M, and what's Abraham's full spelling? And that happened after a transformation, after an encounter with God that Abraham had, that God had to tell him, like, starting today, you will be called as Abraham, right? Yes? Now, which means that he is yet to have that encounter. But Melchizedek had a revelation even before Abraham was going to become Abraham that hey this is the chosen one this is the one who's God going to set him apart and give him you know the things that God gave Abraham can you, can you, can you understand what I'm trying to say I want to highlight that some of us here sitting tonight, this very morning, have not yet reached that place where you are supposed to be. But let me tell you, God has already identified you. God has already spoken the words over your life. So if you doubt that you're waiting for that, 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 that moment, you know, some of you had this moment this morning, and some of you might not. And you might be thinking, hey, I, I didn't have that moment. But let me tell you, let me assure you, there is a moment waiting for you. There is an encounter waiting for you. But do not get disappointed because it's not happening right now. Because Abraham wasn't. He was walking. He was still doing stuff that he was supposed to do. And then he meets Melchizedek. Now, the, 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 the character Melchizedek, he's not just a king, but he's also, it says, Melchizedek, the king of Salem. Salem, slash, it, it can be also known as Shalom, or Salem of Jerusalem, which is city of peace. So he was a king of this very city. However, he also had another role. What is that role? He was a priest. It's, it's very unusual. If you look at the Old Testament that a person carrying dual roles or a dual responsibility, you know, if he's a king, he's king. And kings would go to priest. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, take any book that you see. There were priests who were given that authority. The, the, if, you, if you read the whole, uh, the law, you know, the book of 
uh, numbers and Deuteronomies and all those things. You see the authority being given to Levites. You know, the Mosaic law basically talks about how authority was given to one group of people who were supposed to have the role of priest. And there used to be kings who will walk towards this priest for having that encounter with God or having that understanding what God is trying to speak to them. But this is, this is one case where this individual, Melchizedek, has a dual role of being a king and a priest. You know, which is which is kind of very interesting and at the same time a little confusing. Then who is this guy? Like, he has the authority and he's also the king? Like, how is that even possible? What is the background? And, and that's why I did say that it's a little mysterious, you know, when you read about uh, Melchizedek. But as you learn and as you interpret, you know, it, it will reveal the true identity. There are various... Uh, interpretation of who Melchizedek is right now. If you, if you read the literature, there are multiple ways of looking at this. But I want you to have your encounter. I wanted to have your revelation. So this is something that you should, uh, you should learn and you should process things so that you know that, hey, who is the Melchizedek that you're talking about? Amen? Amen? So I, I want you to focus on the dual role here because it's very unusual. It's very unusual to have one person doing both the things. So one of the things that we learn out of this very encounter that Melchizedek is having, or Abraham is having with Melchizedek, is the fact that we all carry this dual role. Do you know that? Do you know that? Do you know you are a priest? Uh, that didn't feel confident. Do you know you are a priest? Yes. Yeah. Do you know you are a king? Yes. Okay, that was still a little less. Do you know you are a king? Yes. Come on, church. We carry the same authority of the king and we carry the same authority of priest. And that's why I said, when you walk into that room, your presence will be felt. How does a king walk? How does a king come in? Will he come to Masit and go? He comes with a bang. When he walks in, you know that things that is supposed to be in line should be in line. You know that things that is not in order will be in order. You know the things that is, 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 is being pending for so long would just happen. Like, like we were in uh, Uganda a month back. We were sitting in this hotel lobby and suddenly everybody started running here and there. And we asked what's happening. And they're like, the king and queen of Uganda is coming to this very hotel. So things which looked so casual, so till then, we were just having sitting, chumma, having coffee. All of a sudden, there are guards, there are snipers, there are big vehicles uh, with, you know, bulletproof vehicles. So you know when a king walks in. You know what authority that king brings into that very room. That is the authority that you and I have. 
that is the governance that we carry. So when we speak, when we do deals, when we do signings of documents, do it like a king. Do it with that authority. Do it with that revelation that, hey, yeah, I'm not a chota person, but I am a king. At the same time, there is a dimension of priesthood that is being given to you. What is the responsibility of a priest? What does a priest does? Let's take the, the classic example in Bible. Aaron, you know, out of the, the, the lineage of Aaron, um, you know, Aaron was given the responsibility of being priest. If you read what Aaron and what's the role, role and responsibility of Aaron was, it's pretty heavy duty. He was the only one who had the access to holy of holies. If you, if you learned about the, the holy tabernacle, you know, there are different chambers. There's an outer court, there is an inner court, and there is a holiest, is that correct? There's a holiest place, holy, most holy place. The only person that had an access to this chamber where it's believed and it's considered that God, God's presence rested was in that chamber. The only person who had access was Aaron. And if you read the description how Aaron would prepare for this, it's pretty heavy duty. He cannot just walk in. He has to prepare himself. He has to dress himself. Can you imagine? He has to, he has to sacrifice uh, an animal before he enters into this room. So he carried that responsibility of, if not at least two million people who were on that exile, on the road to exile in the whole exodus that we see, that he had the authority of walking into that chamber and having a conversation with whom? With God. So this role wasn't easy. Like there's a description that Aaron had to wear a breastplate which had some nine, nine stones? Twelve stones. And each had different purposes and all those things. And to an extent that it was so risky that there are times when, when he used to go in, he has to tie a rope on his leg. You know why? If the presence of God comes so strong, there are chances that this Aaron can get killed. This priest can get killed. So to get him out, get his probably the dead body out, they had to tie a rope on his leg. So what I'm trying to say is, it comes with a responsibility. So how many, you said you are a priest. You said you are a king. King's role sounds very fascinating, right? Very flamboyant, you just walk in and you do the things. But priest does the hard work. Priest sits at the gap to receive what God is trying to see. Priest has to go on fast. Priest has to, to ensure that every single information that is being downloaded is communicated back to his people. See, although Moses was the one who was leading the whole Israelites in the whole span, but, you know, 
we all know that Moses had this problem of speaking. So, and, and that's one of the reasons Aaron took this responsibility where he would receive, come back and deliver. And it's a very important job. So, the divine governance gives you the dual role of being a king and being a priest. So do not take this, both the roles, very lightly. Because one mistake that the priest make, it can cost life of two million people who are just waiting to receive what God is trying to say. Amen? Amen? So what are we? We are a king and we are a priest. Now, if you, if you read further, if you go to... Uh, um, Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 2. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 2. Then Abraham took a tenth of all captured in the battle and gave it to whom? Melchizedek. The name Melchizedek means king of justice. And king of Salem means king of peace. That's what I said. Jerusalem, Salem means peace. He is the king of peace. Now if you're thinking a figure of Melchizedek, or if you're envisioning who this Melchizedek is, are you able to draw some references? Because now there are words being added saying that he's king of justice. He is king of peace. I know just one person who carries this title. Come on, come on. That's a clue. Come on. I'll leave that up to you, to your imagination, okay? But here is this. Abraham took a tenth of all he had captured in battle and gave it to Melchizedek. The question is, where did Abraham had this revelation of giving one-tenth? Was it written somewhere? There was a reference of offering when Cain and Abel was there, but never was the one-tenth being referred. Where did Abraham had this revelation of giving one-tenth to a king? Come on. Can you, can you just take a moment and think on that? His righteous rule has led Abraham to do that. So there was a divine understanding or a spiritual understanding that Abraham had already gathered the moment he had an encounter with Melchizedek. And that's what we do today. Come on, talk to me, church. When we say we offer... We give our tithes and offering. Are we giving it to a man? Are we giving it to an organization? Come on, talk to me. Come on, church. Are we giving it to a man or are we giving it to a church or an organization? No. The very understanding of giving tithes and offering is that, God, I bring my one-tenth to you. Amen. Obviously, there is somebody who represents 
It could be in a form of a corporate organization or an individual to whom we give this offering. But it is not to a man. It is to God himself. So when Abraham is bringing this tithe of one-tenth, he is carrying that revelation of that, hey, Melchizedek is no joke, okay? He is somebody big. And that's something that is being followed after thousands and thousands and thousands of years in today's time as well, wherein we go back and give our tithes and offering to God. It all started there. I, I know some of you would say that, hey, it started in the garden where Cain and Abel gave. Yes, but I'm talking about the, the modern day of the tithing. You know, it basically kicked off here in Genesis. And it is referred here in Hebrews as well. So it was the revelation of Abraham that Melchizedek is someone who rules righteously. Come on, tell me one thing. You have two people in front of you. One is a righteous guy who does things according to what God does, according to what God says. And there is another guy who is unrighteous, who doesn't do stuff anything that God tells, but he does what his mind and his brain says. Where are you normally inclined towards? The person who is righteous? person who is right in the eyes of God, the person who is doing the will of God as per the setup that is being done. So that's what Abraham was very clear that Melchizedek is no ordinary person. He is a righteous king and he is a righteous priest. If we are a king and if we are a priest, but if we are not righteous, if we are a king, if we are a priest, I did mention you are a king, you are a. Now you choose what kind of king and priest that you want to become. You want to become a righteous king? You want to be a righteous king or an unrighteous king? See, that's, that's what exactly I'm trying to say. That from, from the life of Melchizedek and the life of Abraham and this whole episode of they having an encounter is understood for the fact that when you step into the divine governance platform, you cannot be unrighteous. There is only one road. That is the road of righteous. Which means you might have to compromise on certain things which you've been holding it for so long. But that's not the will of God. That's not what God wants you to do. And that's why I said when I came on the stage and I felt that some of you are having a course correction. Some of you are having a course correction because you now know that you are a king and you are a priest but there is something which is pulling you for so long which is not leading you to the right direction. Today we cut that chain. Today we cut that bondage. Because now you'll walk in the ways of being a righteous king and a righteous priest. I declare that on you, church. Come on, receive it. He was a righteous and a righteous king and a righteous priest. We go back to Genesis 14 verse 19. 
this is back and forth, but this is where story gets interesting. Melchizedek blessed Abraham with his blessing. And he said, blessed be Abraham by God most high, creator of heaven and earth. And blessed the God most high who has defeated your enemies for you. And Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth of all goods he has recovered. This is a good news. When you be, when you walk on the path of being a righteous king and priest, blessing and provisions comes to you. You didn't get that. When you walk into the ways of being righteous, blessing and provision comes to you. Looks like you're not interested in blessing and provision. Few people are, seriously. Few people are not. Uh, like they say in Hindi, Are you interested in blessing? Are you interested in provision? But I need blessings, come on. I need provisions. Come on. We live in a city of Bangalore. You know how expensive it is. You know how much Uber costs. You know how much petrol and diesel costs. I need blessings. Come on, if you don't need, give it to me, please. But it doesn't come easy. You got to walk on the ways of being righteous. When you do that, Blessing and provision comes to you. This is something that the apostle taught us very early. Um, very early, I think 2015, 2016, initial days. He's, I remember this words, what he said. You can test God, you cannot test God with anything. But there's one thing that you can test God with and that is your money. You cannot test God with anything, but there is one thing that you can test with, test God with, and that is your money. Money that's in your pocket is not yours. If you have that revelation, you are saved, my dear friend. Come on. Come on. Come on. If, if you know that, hey, there is a righteous path, of giving a righteous path of offering i'm gonna i'm gonna tell and i'm gonna declare this it's coming back to you in hundredfolds the more you hold like see that's what the world world talks about you know world talks about the exact opposite right like see i i i come from a very financial driven background you know i work for an investment bank so i know what i'm talking about when it's about finance we teach people that you got to hold your money you got to save your money you got to put money into into some funds and some accounts so that it grows it grows it grows you look any financial advisor they say that hey you have to keep money holding you have to keep investing is it wrong absolutely no when we look at it from the spiritual lens and when we look at it from the righteous way, the more you give, the more you get. The more you give, the more you receive. 
The more you give, more provision comes to you. See, if we have that revelation, and I'm not talking out of just a context, I'm taking, talking about my own life's testimony. The more I give, the more I receive. Now, this is something which is very personal. Uh, I've not shared it with anybody, but uh, not even with my wife, she's here. But um, in the year 2022, and we had prophetic arrival in Mumbai, and uh, last day in Mumbai, and Prophet Shahidu declares that, ask for one prayer that you want. And that whole week, I was burdened with, with something. And that was that, that God was telling me to go work with Apostle for a period. You know, like go work, travel wherever he goes, do whatever he do, just do it. And I wasn't convinced. And on that very day when, uh, when, when Prophet said that, ask for something, I prayed about this. And the whole of 2023, in spite of having a full-time job and a full-time business, two kids, one wife, I was able to travel everywhere Apostle went. I said to myself, God, give me this time. I want to serve him. I just want to go wherever he goes. Now, that's not the part that I'm talking about. I'm talking about how was I able to do. Let me tell you, I didn't have to invest a single rupee coming out of my paycheck. Because last year was the year probably he traveled the most. You know, people you know, he wasn't there probably the whole year. And except the international travels, I was able to go everywhere he went. God gave me an increment in my business like I never expected. And that's, that's the thing that I'm talking about. You give, you receive more. You give, your provision comes. Your blessing comes. But you have to give. You have to be available there. You have to say that, yes, God, I am okay doing this. I know I don't know how the road is going to look like ahead, but I'm going to say yes. And I'm going to trust what you're going to do with my life. I don't know. I feel like praying this for someone. If you are one of you who feels like you, you see that this is an end of the road and you don't know where this road is leading, I want to pray for you, my brother and my sister, that, hey, trust in this process because God is leading you. God is leading you to the right direction. And more you are aligned with God, there is a blessing, there is provision coming to you. Come on, receive it. I don't know who that was, but receive it. There is a blessing and provision that comes to you. We go back to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 1 says, Melchizedek was king of Salem and was also a priest of God's of God Most High, when Abraham was returning home after winning a great battle against the kings, Melchizedek met him and blessed him. Blessed him. I am trying to 
enlarge this picture of spiritual authority that we have. We are a king, we are a priest, but we are not just ordinary king and priest, we are righteous king and righteous priest who are called to walk on the righteous path. And when we walk on this path, blessings and provision comes to us. But above all the material things, we carry a spiritual authority to bless generations. We carry, bless people around. We carry an authority to heal things. We carry an authority to bring an order where things are not in order. Because there is a spiritual authority that has been given to you and to me. Because we are in the order of Melchizedek. Come on. It's not just enough to being righteous. It's now important to go back and bless people. Bless the society. Bless the church. Bless the people in need. Because it's like you have the authority of doing this, but you never exercised this. Do you know you have authority to cast out demons? Do you have the authority to cast demons? You have the authority to cast demons. And, and, and next time you encounter a demon, don't call your pastor. Come on, church. Next time you have an encounter with demon, you step in as a king. You step in as a priest. Because it's already there inbuilt in you. And you say a word, it shall be done. Come on now, what I said? And when you say a word, it shall be done. And that's the sign of being a true governor who can take the authority when the time is requiring you to do. See, a governor doesn't have enough time to go back in the meeting room and say that, hey, uh, what do you think, what do you think, what do you think, what do you think? No, he has to take decision then and there and right now. Come on. There is a spiritual authority that you carry which can bring healing to your own situation. Now, I'm not saying that asking pastor or calling pastor is bad, but I want you to have a revelation that what your pastor carries, you also carry it. What your pastor has, you also have it. You need to now exercise the authority. You need to now use the authority which is given to you. You need to now have the revelation that, hey, I'm not going to let go this situation. I'm going to exercise my right of being the priest and the king. Because it gives you a spiritual authority. Bring back that slide once more. Let's read this together. This is Luke 9.1. One day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them a power, an authority to cast out 
all demons and to heal all diseases remember the importance of this word cast out all demons and all diseases this is that you know cough cold fever that's it no no can you imagine you can heal cancer can you imagine you can heal liver issues can you imagine you can heal brain issues nerve issues bone issues it gives you authority to heal all diseases it doesn't says demons restricted to horma wagara no sister go to belandur go to kormangla demons there also will be afraid of you come on i am not flattering to be honest i don't want just to make you feel happy i'm just saying things out of bible this is not even something that i am writing it right who who said this jesus himself said this that i give you the authority to cast out all demons and to cast and to heal all disease so you carry what you carry a spiritual authority so remember the scene that i told you when you walk into a room i know you will be known i know you they will be they will feel hey this person has walked in but it also brings a spiritual change in that room it will also bring a spiritual atmosphere in that room because as a as a royal priesthood and a royal king we are not just called to go anywhere and not do anything when you walk in here the things should change and that comes from the spiritual authority i'm telling you in natural authority we cannot shift anything the ability to change an atmosphere is given divinely to us and that is the spiritual authority so when you walk into the room the room might be full of tense the room might be full of anger the room might be full of anxiety but when you walk in things gets come on church are you receiving this are you getting what i am trying to say what do you have you have a spiritual authority with you if you go to uh, continue hebrews chapter 7 verse 2 it says abraham took tenth of all he captured uh, in the battle and gave it to melchizedek the name melchizedek means king of justice and king of salem and it means king of peace you have the authority to bring peace and that's what we do here day after day week after week when we come here you know we've been praying for our nation every friday what are we doing we are exercising our authority of being the king of peace because no matter how much turmoil is there in my country but when i speak when you speak there is peace come on you didn't get that when i speak and when you speak there is peace in my country and this applies for everyone
you know no matter which nationality that you are in if you feel there is a requirement of peace you got to speak it out you got to exercise it out because you have the spiritual authority go to verse 3 there is no record of his father or mother or any of his ancestor no beginning or end to his life he remains a priest forever resembling the son of god this is another clue identify who this is come on church what is that says there is no record of and we are talking about melchizedek by the way there is no record of his father or mother or any of his ancestor no beginning or end to his life i know somebody like that he remains a priest forever i know somebody like that resembling the son of god do you know someone like that okay. praise god we all read bible amen are you, are you enjoying this are you understanding what i'm trying to say let's go to hebrews chapter 5 verse 6 come on can we read this together and in another passage god said to him you are a priest forever in the order of melchizedek i know we all come from different backgrounds you know we how many countries are represented here how many nigeria nigeria is there any anybody else from africa any other country from africa no any other country any other nation here no in india how many states are there are you sure are you sure 28 no don't no, no no google now okay whatever that is we come from different background some of malayalis here come on malayalis in the house i'm a malayali too some are from tamil nadu here some are from andhra here some are from jammu some are from kashmir some are from mumbai maharashtra i'm also a mumbaiker see the karnataka karnataka bangalore yeah so how can i how can i forget that see the point is we all come from different lineage and different background and different uh legacy that we bring today and we represent in this room but let me declare you let me say this one more time no matter whatever is your background you are a priest forever in the order of melchizedek come on can we repeat this as a church can we all stand and declare this on your life come on come on at the count of 1 2 and we got to say that i i am a priest forever in the order of melchizedek come on i am a priest in the order of melchizedek you getting a little clarity of who this melchizedek is now come on church come on, sit down you you thought that was end of everything i'm just getting started 
Hebrews 5.10. Hebrews 5.10. And God designated him to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Go to verse uh, 6. Sorry, chapter 6.20 of Hebrews. Chapter 6, verse 20. Jesus, come on, read this together. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. If Jesus was in the order of Melchizedek, where are we in this order? We are in the same lineage as Jesus. That's what I said. It doesn't matter your nationality or your background or your legacy that you carry from your family. You and I are in the order of Melchizedek. So there is a resemblance of Christ in you and me. I said there is a resemblance of Christ in you and me. I want to emphasize this one more time. Hebrews chapter 7, 17. And the psalmist pointed this out when he prophesied. He's not just speaking. He's doing what? He's prophesied that you are a priest forever of Melchizedek. See, in Bible, if the same thing is meant more than two times, which means God was serious. Which means God wanted to grab attention. Which means God wants you to know, hey, you are in order of Melchizedek. Amen. So there is a Christ resemblance that you and I, when we walk as royal priest and royal king, because we are in the order of Melchizedek. Are you tired? Can we go to Hebrews chapter 7 verse 4? Now I'm going to repeat those couple of things. But there is an important message that I want to share. Consider then how great this Melchizedek was. Again a hint. How great this Melchizedek was that even who? Who? You know who Abraham was? Father of nations. He was the chosen one. You, can you understand the gravity of what I just said? Who Abraham was? He wasn't an ordinary person. He was a chosen guy by God himself. Now even Abraham, the great patriarch of Israel, is the greatest king that Israel has seen so far, recognized this by giving him a tenth of what he has taken into battle. You know, this is the legacy of blessing that you and I have. We don't give it out of force or a tradition. We give it out of a legacy of blessing. Because that's, that's the revelation that 
Abraham had 3,000, 4,000 years ago that hail. This is not an ordinary person. This is not an ordinary guy. In spite of being the great patriarch or the great king that Israel has seen so far on the earth, that he says that, no, it says recognized. How did you, how do you recognize? Recognize this by giving him. Forget about the tenth. You know, there will be always a debate about should I give my tenth or twelfth or thirteenth or fifteenth. It's already written there. At least you can follow that. But it's about recognizing. Recognizing that, hey, I carry this blessing. I carry this legacy of blessing people. And Abraham had that revelation at that point in time. Amen. Let's go to the next verse, which is verse 5. Now the law of Moses, can we read this? Now the law of Moses required that priests who are descendants of Levi must collect a tithe from the rest of people of Israel who are also the descendants of Abraham. So what is the what is the law came? Now this is pre-Moses. What's no Hebrews, right? This is but what happened between Abraham and Melchizedek was before Moses. It was pre-Moses era. There wasn't law. There wasn't any law. There was nothing written about tithing and offering or uh, how much to give and to whom to give. In fact, the Mosaic law says that you have to give the one-tenth to whom? The priest, which is the lineage of Levites, you know, which is also like in, in, the, in the context of the exile, you see Aaron was representing that, that, that chain. But they had an information. Here, Abraham didn't have any information. But still, what did he do? He went ahead. He recognized that, hey, this person is not ordinary. This Melchizedek is not ordinary. So I am going to give my legacy. See, one thing that I, I, I envision when, when I say that, hey, you know, I want to leave this earth and go, I want to imagine my legacy as a, a life which was able to bless people, able to bless, able to give. I can receive, but it's more important to give. It's more important to bless. That legacy has more weightage than what we receive. Will, will you receive? Absolutely. But the legacy is that you build a legacy of giving, a legacy of blessing. Amen. Go to uh, Hebrews 7, 6. 7, 6. But Melchizedek, read this. Melchizedek, who was not a descendant of Levi, collected a tenth from Abraham. Okay, pause. Little more clarity, who this Melchizedek is. And Melchizedek placed a blessing upon Abraham. The one who has already received the promise of God. 
See, interestingly, things started taking turns here. Melchizedek, who was not a descendant, I think we know that by now, he received it, which means he knew who he was, which means he knew what authority he carried when he was having that encounter with Abraham. And then Melchizedek placed a blessing upon Abraham. See, looking at this, if you read the context, when we, when we read stuff, Abraham comes to be a bigger person because it, it describes he's the great patriarch. He's the greatest king. Now tell me one thing, in general, who blesses whom? The greater blesses the least or the smaller or the young. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? But here, things have turned because Abraham, who was considered as the big patriarch and the big king, blessed Melchizedek. He went and he blessed Melchizedek. Are we able to bless people? Are we able to function in the same reverence that Abraham had? See, we can learn from both the people, Melchizedek and Abraham. So my focus is not just on Melchizedek this morning. I also want you to think from Abraham's thought process, what he did, because he was able to go and bless. In spite of he being the biggest king, in spite of he being the biggest patriarch at that point in time, can we bless someone who is smaller to us? Can we speak words of encouragement to someone who is in probably that need and requirement that? Because that is the legacy that we carry and that is the responsibility that a royal priesthood and a royal king carries as well. Okay, let's read this. Hebrews 7, 7. And without a question, the person who has the power to give blessing is greater the one who is blessed. Do you want this? Do you, do you want to be this person? The person who has the power to give blessing, to be known as greater than the one who is being blessed. Come on, we live in the order of Melchizedek. So we carry the legacy of blessing people. Not just being blessed. Is that wrong? Absolutely not. You are entitled to be blessed, but it's more good to give than to receive. It's more good to bless than being blessed. Amen. Did we learn something today? Did we understand the divine governance perspective from the life of Melchizedek? Above all, did you identify who is your Melchizedek? Come on, I was also playing a game at the back end so that you know who you identify your Melchizedek. If you have identified, then you are paying attention. How many of you identify? Now everybody will raise hands. Did you identify your Melchizedek? Did you identify from where you get this blessing? 
Did you identify from where and what is the divine source that makes you called as a capable governor? Not just a governor, but a royal priest and a royal king. Thank you for joining us this day to worship and to hear the voice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May you continue to flourish in all your endeavors as you work closely with Him. Have a great week and Shalom.